from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Aaron. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I forge a great weapon of power. We do. We, um, well, Aaron sort of handles the forging. I kind of handle a lot of, like, the promotion work and the PR. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of paperwork that goes into crafting a weapon of great power that I don't think people fully appreciate. They don't. And that's where you come in. It's a lot of, like, HR guidelines and, you know, like, I gotta, like... Make sure all of the, I gotta dot dot my T's and cross my I's, you know, like all that kind of like, it's just corporate bullshit is what it is. But the thing that most people don't know is that it all happens in the same room. So it while does. I'm in like a garage and it's 110 degrees, I'm dressed like Magic Mike slamming on like a battle axe and like lightning coming out of it. Jeff is equally as sweaty at a desk across from me just clacking on keys like, oh man, they're trying to put limiters on your ability to shoot fireballs. It is really not ideal for sort of like office work. It no. really is like it's hot and it's unpleasant. I prefer to like I have a home office. I could just be in my home office. It would be, I have an air conditioner running. It would be ideal. But then I don't have that sense of camaraderie and that sense of teamwork. Yeah, I should really also emphasize that, like, it's not actually, like, it's not actually the the weapon of great power commission that is that is uh, demanding that we be in the same room. It's actually just Aaron. Yes. Aaron is just like, we should be in the same room. And I keep telling him, like, it's in the same building. It's like two rooms down. Jeff, the phrase of all my fantasy children, our catchphrase for t- almost two years has been, I sweat, you sweat. It ha- that has been our catchphrase. We've said for it in two every episode. If you've been really listening, you'll catch it in there like yep. every time. It'll be like, I don't even remember any characters' names, but it'll be like, yeah, they sweat, you sweat, tee hee. So yeah, we just hide it in there. We hide it in there sort of a, for ourselves and for the listeners at home. So if you haven't picked up on it, you're just not a loyal junior wizard. It's there. It's there. The clues are there if you look for it. It's a lot like Lost. All My Fantasy Children, I can honestly say, is a lot like Lost in that I've never seen it or really listened to anything about it. That's fair. That's also accurate. Yes, I can also confirm this. And uh, it is, (laughs) I believe, on an island? Yes, it's on an island. And then apparently... We are, in fact, recording on an island. You and I, Aaron, in this garage. In this garage, and then apparently the first season is about, like, a monster that's killing people, but it was just, like, a cloud of smoke. It sounds just terrible, and I don't know why people liked it. Much like all my fantasy children. Do we have yes. a problem this week? <laughs> You've killed me. <laughs> Give yes. it together, Aaron. Come on. We, yeah, we, We're we professionals. Have, yeah, we have a prompt this week. We do have a prompt this week. Prompt this week comes from RPG Casts. So Tess, who Hi, Tess. runs this amazing website called RPG Casts, I am here podcast, Mouth Guardian, Zero Girl Podcast, amazing, amazing, amazing human being. And their prompt is a renegade biologist steals a spaceship to discover new alien life forms on their own. Hmm. I dig it. I dig it. We haven't done sci-fi in a minute. In and a I gotta, while. It's I been a while. I tell you. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. Is this is my weakness? 
I love it. I live for sci-fi. This is gonna be good. It's gonna be a good episode. All right. So where do you want to start? Do you want to make an original canon for this? Like just like a separate one off? Let's let's make a planet. Let's roll for a planet. I've got stars without number pulled up. You're just full of surprises today, aren't you, James Stormer? That is I, James Stormer. I hate eggnog. <laughs> the only canon fact about James Stormer. Noted hater of eggnog. Noted. Very noted. Okay. We're going to skip a lot of the planet creation stuff and just get to the fun ones, which are the, the planet tags. Perfect. Roll me a D hundred. Sixty-three. Sixty-three. Pre-tech cultists. Okay. I yes. So what that is, I'm gonna I'll re, I'll, I'll summarize it. Yes. Basically, uh, this is uh people that have gathered and hoarded uh ancient, almost alien tech of like super super high people hoarding basically super high tech like magical equipment. Stuff that is beyond the capacity of even the the the, the spacefaring republic. Ah, so pre-tech meaning like something before technology, but also like kind of beyond that. Yeah, but yeah. In, in the game, it refers to like there's a calamity that happens that kind of like shuts down the the federation and leaves everybody kind of stranded. Mm-hmm. But for but really, yeah, it just means like stuff that is not stuff that is extremely rare and common. So so we're so this is somebody that comes from a planet that has access to some kind of technology that is well beyond the bounds of like standard issue. Okay, and what what makes it interesting for me because that situation, if I were like a biologist, right, like that mm-hmm. would mean that this planet is one. I don't think it's their own. Whoever's inhabiting it. It's not okay. like they're not the first inhabitants of the planet. Okay. Does that make is that what this pre-tech cult means because wouldn't that mean that yeah. there's another or someone else had been there before whoever's there now? Yeah, I like that. I I, I almost with the idea that almost I think the idea of like they found, they landed on like ruins and they like these ruins were like super high-tech alien tech and they're just they've sort of just been like living with it. Okay, and like an entire culture of people. Is that what we're going with? Like a giant cruiser full of like, you know, thousands and thousands of people kind of land on a planet. How many, let's, let's, what, what do you think is like the, do you want it to be like a whole planet of people or like a small crew or like a oh, community? I'm thinking one biologist. For me, I'm just trying to figure out what the deal with the planet is so I can have any kind of contribution right, to that's the what I'm, person's story. That's what I'm asking. What do you think is the most interesting? Because like, because it says, it says, roll me some pronouns real quick. Yes. For she. All right. So it says she is a, a renegade biologist who like leaves the planet to go explore, basically. Yes. So I'm trying to realize like why she would want to leave. Right. One. And two, like, how many people are there? Is this someone who's, like, leaving a large community? Like, le- like if I were to leave Earth, I'm a renegade Earthling. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. How many people do you think is interesting? Is it, is it more interesting if it's a whole planet or if it's a small community or, like, a single shuttle? Because she's breaking away from all of this. I'm thinking it's a, it's a, we'll, we'll say it's for space scale, a small shuttle. But I'm okay. thinking that she's part of a team of what would be like, you know, in every space movie, there are the scientists, and then mm-hmm. there's the military people with them. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to say? It's like 100 people? Yeah, like 120 people, yeah. Okay, cool. And they're on a planet. What we know is that they're on a planet, that there is ancient alien tech that is understood or not understood. 
half understood. Half understood. So we're getting there. Why and then can't for, it be both? Jeff says, just being true. a parody of himself. <laughs> and then for some reason, this scientist, this biologist, steals a spaceship and leaves. So I think, one, that part, is that the end or the beginning? I think that's the beginning. I think right now we're setting the stage. Give me another, so give me another D-100. Okay. Let's, let's, let's add, let's, let's throw in another wrench into, let's throw another, uh, wrench into this. Okay. 66. A psionics academy. Oh, word? Word. Okay. So psionics being what? Controlling things with your like mind? Like psychic, psychic abilities, yeah. Okay, so there's an academy or training facility there's on this planet. a training planet, facility. And they're pulling... Okay, can I can I throw a pitch out there? Yeah. Is this half-understood alien technology imbuing these people with psionic powers? For sure, absolutely. I think it is all, like, using the tech is opening up their, like, perception in, in ways that, like... Did you see Arrival? Which one was that again? That was the the movie came out last year about like the alien like linguists. Oh, that movie was very good. I enjoyed okay. that very much. So then, I guess spoilers for Arrival. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it because it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know the way that like that like as she's learning the language, her like perception of reality is changing. Yes, I like. I'm this thinking very it's. Much. I'm thinking it's that. It's like you to understand this technology, you have to literally like see reality in different ways, which like opens up your brain into like understanding different things about the way that the universe works okay then i'm gonna ask you what is the alien technology because the the connection that i want to make with this story is the fact that she is a biologist mm-hmm. not an engineer and something organic is calling to her to for her to help it for her to stop it for her to study it that's inspired then from this psionic thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what level of perception does she get that she can use her ability as a biologist? And, like, that's what makes her flee, or that's what makes her leave and go help something. You know what I'm saying? hmm So, like, she gets an advanced perception from this psionics academy that's founded on ancient alien ruins, right? Yeah. And it enhances her perception. Does she see a planet in need? Does she see that there is something poisoning the planet? Does she, see, you know what I mean? Like something, mm-hmm. a plant that's tra- strangling the planet and only she can stop it or she wants to study it or that there's the aliens that created this, you know, technology are somewhere and she now wants to go study them, be a part of them, you know, be with them learn from them something like that i suck at sci-fi tropes no 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 those are all great <laughs> ideas and it actually really pushes me into into knowing exactly what i oh, what i think like the really great thing is okay here's my pitch yes I'm taking a lot of what you said because it was all very good here's okay. my pitch i think that the society the culture the species that was here and built this tech is gone they're they've been they've wiped themselves and maybe maybe in like the grand poetry of science fiction they they wiped themselves out in a war and like this uh these people have like settled in this to be like well everyone here is dead yeah and so they're trying to understand there's no there's no signpost for how to use this technology in using it you gain it like an understanding of like the scope of the cosmos i always love that so it's like scanners and mapping equipment and navigation tools that as you use it, 
your brain is just like, oh my god, there's so much more to the cosmos than, like, we were aware of. And it, so mm. the Psionics Academy is like a military science training facility that is trying to get people to understand and to utilize this technology. What is the academy called? It can be dumb. Operation uh, Neo Recycling. Neo Recycle. Operation Neo Recycle. Okay. Because it's recycling on a much grander scale, because now you're recycling this technology that was that it was left behind. Okay, now I have a I have a D that honestly, that joke kind of name, that half joke name, gives me kind of a thing for the biologist. Okay. So the military runs this operation, as in everything, I always feel like in these kind of stories. Sure. And they're like Operation Neo Recycle. We're gonna go to this planet, we're gonna salvage, you know. We're going to, like, pretty much, like, planet, not planet, crack it, but, like, salvage the lost technology, you know, take the th- take plants and study them and stuff like that. So we need biologists. When in reality, they need the biologists for something else. Because I'm thinking this is relating to why she leaves. Is like, she's betrayed. She learns the secret of Operation Neo Recycle and is a renegade biologist and wants to get the fuck out and discover new alien life forms on her own. Like, what makes her leave? I know uh, she now she has the scale of the cosmos. Is she the only one, or does everyone have this? I kind of like her being the only one. I okay. like her being, like, the only one that, like, understands the scope of it. Okay. Yes. I love this. I love this. I love this. Let me run with it. Okay. I love this. Aaron, I don't know if you know this, but I love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate love, so I, <laughs> I know nothing about this feeling. So, let me, let me, let me, let me run with this. In studying this... She's the only one that fully, like, that... I think there's other people that develop these kind of perceptive abilities, but she's the only one that leads, that comes to a, a critical conclusion. So, you said that they've come here... They said that they were coming here to, like, study things, but they came here for another purpose, and it's a military operation. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking something for a little bit that I think works really well with that. Okay, I'd love to hear it. This is a survival mission. This is, like, a last-ditch, like, we need to land somewhere, we need to, like, quickly colonize, we need to, like, this is, we need to restart, because this is really all we've got. Okay. So they have landed, they've, they, they have landed, and, like, I think High Command has not told that to anyone. Mm-hmm. High Command was just like, we're, we're just coming to explore, we're coming to explore, but they know that, like, back home there's nothing left. But wait, does no one else know that? I think no one else knows that. Oh, that makes sense with the pre-tech cultists as well, where everyone's just like, yeah, we're researchers, and like, you know, every, we're, we're trying to like just find new technology to help improve our world, to help improve our way of life, when everyone in high command is like, there is nothing There's left. There's nothing this left. Is, we're the only people left. So then I think, I think what it's got to be is that like this ancient society, they blew, like the, their society and this other world, well, we could call it like Terra- like pseudo humanity yeah whatever like they blew they both blew each other up mm-hmm. they blew each other because we said that it was supposed they were like wiped each other out in a conflict yes i'm down are you down with that that plan the two planets blowing themselves up in like a grand conflict hmm. or do you want to go in a different direction oh i always like alien entities like there's something because we're talking perception of the cosmos mm-hmm. i always like thinking that there's something unknown beyond like a space conflict that mm-hmm. can consume you do you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, I want to. I'm definitely heading in that direction. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking that there's either we can do. Uh, I like the idea of the two planets blow each other up, but they're just they're not paying attention to the larger scale picture sure. of there's an entity coming to devour you. Sure. Yeah. Or something like that. Something grander beyond yeah, no, no, the absolutely. usual scope of comprehension in space. Yes. So two planets blow each other up. Uh, people in space have to land here and, like, make do. They know they can't get home. This is literally our last shot. So they've launched this project to be like, hey, we're just, like, studying. We found these remains. Actually, you know what? I'd like to veto- I'd like to personally veto my own suggestion. I think I like it more if both planets blew themselves up. Okay. So my question then for you is, you said previously, not contradicting you. Sure. You said previously that the only high command knows that they're all that's left. Do mm-hmm. people on this spaceship not know that their planet's blown up, like the researchers and soldiers? I don't think so. Were they in cryo? I love that. Yes. Let's name our character real quick. This biologist, this renegade biologist. Something real spacey, you know, something real mm-hmm. sci-fi. They're always named like, you know... God only knows. I I just watched The Last Jedi, and I, you know me, I'm, like, not that into Star Wars, so I'm like, God, I don't know how anyone keeps up with anyone's name in this. <laughs> Krizna Drex. Wow, that's, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, right? I'm very impressed. It's very good. So, Krizna Drex? Krizna Drex. So, Krizna Drex is put in cryo as a yep. researcher, and she knows that, okay, so why is she sent on the mission? Before we talk about the entity or whatever's encroaching and her reason for leaving, let's let's craft a little backstory about Krizna. Yeah. So she's put it. We know she's put in cryo in a planet that's in con- that blows itself up, right? She's put in cryo, and while she's in cryo, the planet blows up. Yeah. Oh, so she leaves thinking that this is just like okay. I have a pitch for you, biologist. Right. Yeah. Wants to study animals, plants, just life. Right. Life. <laughs> This is her big break. She's a young upcomer, you know, she's hungry, and she's looking for work, and she's given the opportunity, you know, she's approached in her lab, I'm thinking, like, just finished her PhD, like, recent, like, what we'd consider a PhD, working in a lab, and is approached by the government for, like, a very big job, and is hungry for this, is like, this Mm -hmm. is what I've been waiting for my entire life is to, you know, study space, to study what else is out there, is tired of you know, if I knew, if we knew more about the planets that were, like, in the fucking universe, I would want to go see what's out there. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. This is, like, a star seeker in the way of, like, in the in I want to study them rather than, like, I want to smuggle and stuff like that. This yeah. is someone who wants to study life on other planets. So the opportunity that's presented is, like, you'll go to a planet where we suspect has ancient alien tech and life brimming, teeming with, you know, everything you've been searching for. Are you are you up for this? And really, unfortunately, she's being what tricked. I think so. I think that they. I think it's maybe it's not even like man made conflict mm-hmm. that blows up the world. It's like ecological or like some sort of inevitability. And this is their way of like convincing people to convincing people to get on the shuttle in the last ditch effort. They're like, if we can't we can't ask people to cope with like the ginormous scope of the inevitability of the planet's demise. So we lie to them and we we feel and we high command feel bad about it for the rest of our lives. But like, at least they live on in blissful ignorance. Okay, okay. This is why I always struggle with sci fi. 
because that scope is so big because that means the, <laughs> the military is the only surviving people on this planet with a bunch of scientists yeah it's like 127 <laughs> it's people race is the worst thought through operation ever no i think i think they they think it is a research mission and so they're just trying to like build a community here they're trying to just like make a home okay but as they're doing it they're studying this alien technology Gaining perceptions of the cosmos in ways that don't, in ways that, like, they've never deemed possible. And Krizna learns that there is life on other worlds. Mm, okay. Okay. So, okay. Can I give you my idea then for that? What, yes. what the military, hey, everybody listening, um, th- this, is a, this is a tough one, but we're going to make this, this is a good one. So, I'm thinking that the goal of the military in this story, the goal mm-hmm. of this mission is kind of to get like it's like a hitchhiking mission, yeah, okay. you know. Like they're they're trying to get like because you can't. What are they going to do? Just be like the sole survivors of an entire planet and be like, all right, we're just going to start again. Like it's never going to work with like a hundred fucking people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're looking for another planet that like has life on it, like another functioning society that they can just start intermingling with. Yeah. Okay. Is it a like that kind of like selfish survival mission where they're like the planet's blowing up? We got, it's not so much like preservation of the species, but more of like, we need a really solid team so we can jump on board another planet. That's just so, the military. I'm not talking about Krizna. Oh, no, no, for sure. And this actually, I love that. I love that. I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that like, there's a certain, there's a more villainous kind of uh, take on that that also establishes Krizna as like a heroic renegade. Okay. That is like, if, if that's their plan, that's, that's an invasion. Like, that is, you're sending a bunch of military, you sent a hundred military people to just find another society. Like, that is straight up, like, you are sending, basically, you are demanding, like, take us in and, like, take us in and work with us or we will, or we will, like, fight you. So that's not, it's less, you're thinking less of, like, sending ambassadors and more of, like, a military envoy being, like, hey, give us food and shelter and, like, a place to, like, restart civilization. Let us become part of your planet or else. Give us an embassy yeah. here or we're going to pop off. Yeah, like, that's that's what that plan is as you're laying it out. Okay, I like it. And here's where Krizna becomes a renegade biologist and why she's the hero of this story. Okay. she has She's going to learn two things when her when she learns the true scope of the cosmos and all of the life within it. She's going to learn two things. One, she's going to learn all of the life in the cosmos, all of its, like, millions of life forms. She's going to, like, become aware of all of that beautiful, beautiful life. And two, she knows that her planet is gone. Mm-hmm. And she knows that she's been lied to. Okay. So she's pissed. You know, the military. She's beyond pissed. Yeah, we're on. What's this planet called that we're, that we're currently on? They are calling it, uh. Hmm. Something with psionics, something with, like, a new start. Something with, you know, it's just like a pit stop on a much bigger plan. They're calling it pit stop. They're, They're calling call it pit stop. stop. So, Krizna? Krizna. Krizna is on planet pit stop. And she gets the full scope of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And is like, wow, my planet's gone. These people are huge assholes. Why does she want to go search for other life? Just like a new place? Because she has a new, she has an elevated form of understanding of the universe, right? Yeah. And she's a biologist who wants to study, like, what does she want? I always come back to this, like, you know, I want to study life. That, that You had, well, I mean, you had kind of, you had kind of said it, right? Like, she's hungry for, this is, 
this is something she wanted to see the full scope of like what was of like every form of life that was suddenly available it's like it's like you said if suddenly if suddenly we learned every other planet like that is so like stars in your eyes kind of like you you couldn't she couldn't be comfortable knowing that like that was out there and that no you that no no person had ever seen it question for you storytelling wise is she's mortal this is not empress plasmagore yes. She, if she has a full understanding of this cosmos and the grand scale of it, she knows she can't see all of it. So I'm saying, like, what does she want to like accomplish? Accomplish? You know, is she going? Is she stealing a ship and risking her life to do what? You know? Hmm. Oh, I've got something. Because if you're mortal, you can't see all. If you have an understanding of like the scale, you can see like two places. Right. So, like, what does she want to do? You know, what does she need to do? I've got two things for you. Loving it. I think. One, she wants to see something. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter where, just something. Something to make, like, going into cryo and not getting to say goodbye to her world. Something to make it worth it. Two, she's stealing not a ship, the ship, to make sure that this military envoy doesn't get off of pit stop. Okay, but then she wants to go, the prom says she wants to go explore new alien life forms on her own. Yes. Beyond just being a biologist, you know, why does mm-hmm. she want to do that? I know I keep coming back to this, I'm hammering it. Just because I don't, I don't, I just can't, I don't want this story I like, and I, I can't just leave it at like, she just wants to go learn. Because that's like, it's not a thing you can like accomplish. Like you can't set out to learn and then you go, I'm done. You know what I mean? So does she, like, you know, she can take a galactic tour and, like, document all the plants and animals she sees. But say she takes this ship, right? Mm -hmm. Is she going to be chased? Does she take a small cruiser and just, she's a renegade biologist. She's doing something that this military does not want her to do. And that's where I think the meat is in this. Of, like, she's doing something considered, like, she's a renegade. She's bad. Mm -hmm. You know, going against the grain. That's why I'm like, is she trying to stop something? Is she trying to prevent something? Does she become a diplomat? Does she does she need to learn? Okay, she's a biologist, right? We'll say mm-hmm. the best that's available. She knows, you know, she has a greater com- comprehension of the cosmos. Those two skills melding, would do those like somehow with this magic-y tech thing meld together to be like, I speak every language. I understand oh, for every... Sure. absolutely. Yeah, I can communicate psionically. And she has to become like an ambassador, a diplomat, uh, something of new, of alien life forms in order to do what? She becomes like an international peacekeeper. You know what I mean? Because you can study life forms in a lot of different ways by like living with them or, you know, just being marooned on a planet with like like Jane Goodall style. But what is the more interesting one for a renegade biologist? Like what would drive someone to be like, I got to get off this fucking planet? What does she discover that she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here? Because if you can see everything and you have a scale of the cosmos, you don't need to leave. You can just sit on your ass with a notebook out. But, like, why does she need to be there physically? Why does she need to get the fuck off planet pit stop on the road of something much bigger? And I know that's, like, a that's a tough question. But I think that's where, like, the meat of this character is. is like, what the fuck? Why does she need to steal it? Should we roll on a table to find out? Should we, you know, can it be randomly jet? I don't want to put pressure on you or me, honestly, for, like, the solution unless you have something good. 
No, I've got something. All for right. Sure. Let's do it. I think she's leaving because she knows what happens if if the whole crew leaves pit stop and goes to like whatever the next planet in line is. She knows how that plays out. She knows she knows what she's learned what Operation Neo Recycle is. Yeah. She's learned what the objective is, like to land on a planet and basically like fair like demand royal treatment. And she knows that that's not going to go well. For that there's who? going to be pain in, for for anyone involved. Okay. I think I think her crew dies, a bunch of alien life forms die. If they land on another planet, guns out, like, hey, you can't give us stuff. Everyone like people on both sides die, and it's a whole it's a whole disaster. Okay. So she up and so she's like, I can't let that happen. I can't be party to that, knowing knowing the scope of things and knowing like that that will that is going to play out if I if I don't take action. So she steals a ship, she blasts off, and she's basically like racing against time to get somewhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Whatever the next planet, whatever the closest like planet with life is, to basically like psychically warn them like, hey, people are coming that are going to try and hurt you. You need to be ready. I'm trying to think of like, you know what I mean, like a resolution. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sci-fi is truly my weakness. I'm just like, I don't, I never know. Because the, the possibilities in storytelling, which is the only thing that I know about how to do, are so infinite in sci-fi. And maybe I'm limiting myself or maybe I'm not thinking about it and like correctly. It's just very intimidating when you have an infinite amount of space to explore. Like, right, like in fantasy, like Middle Earth ends you can't like walk around it forever. But in terms of space travel, it's just like, where do you go first? You know, the sense of urgency I struggle with because I'm like, where could you, where would she go if she's urgent? Because there's a fucking, she understands the scale of everything. Like, where the fuck would she go? Well, that's, well, let me ask you, what happens, like, what happens next? What is the next, what is, what is the next step of the story that we've laid out? She's left the planet. She's going somewhere. There's people chasing her. What's the oh, next okay, thing so that happens? Okay, so there's people chasing her. Oh, for sure. I think the military absolutely. Once somebody leaves with some stolen alien technology, they're going to be like, "Oh, well, no, we can't have that." Hmm. You can't just like leave. You can't just you can't just abandon your post. She's a renegade biologist. She knows how to study life. She has a great understanding of life, and she steals a spaceship to discover new alien life forms on her own. Like, you know, I, I think of, like, something, like, my, my corny thought is that she goes and spreads this technology around the galaxy, and everyone has a greater understanding of the cosmos, and everyone plays the banjo together and, like, sits around a bonfire. I don't know. That's not, I'm like, eh. Because, like, she wants to go study stuff. Right. She wants to go, she wants to go see what's out there, but also she has, you know, she has to warn people that, like, there is this faction of people that will, that are coming to, like... And it's going to go very badly if you don't know that they're coming and aren't ready for them. Okay. So my question for you is, if she, if Krishna, Krishna Brex? Krishna Drex, D-R-E-X. Krishna Drex, oh, that's good. If she had her druthers, and she could have this anyway, if she could have the perfect life, like, what is her perfect scenario for this? You know what I mean? Would mm-hmm. she just be sitting, you know, on a planet like looking at a butterfly, you know, writing notes. Like I'm, mm. I'm trying to figure out like 
kind of what her goal is if this didn't happen. Because obviously Hmm. her life did not end up the way she thought it was going to be because she's a renegade biologist who's stolen a ship and then like, you know, the prompt says discover new alien life forms. She has to discover new alien life forms. Why did she have to discover them to warn them of, you know, just like a couple hundred people? Or is there something bigger that she now understands? Like, does she see the chain reaction that would come from her people's arrival on a planet? You know, does she see how the universe plays out after this event, like season to the future type thing? I think so. I, th- I like that a lot. I like the idea that, like, she has this visual understanding of, like, how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. She's been on Pit Stop. Maybe she has an understanding of the tech that, like, if not used properly or if used properly, it could be a weapon that could destroy a planet. Okay. And she knows that it's a matter of time before they figure that out. It, it's that idea of, like, yeah, I know how this is going to play out. Eventually, they're going to figure out that they've got, like, a planet cracker that they can, like, decimate a world with. And they're going to eventually demand, start demanding that they use it because that's because that's how this that's how this that's how these things play out is once you have a planet cracker you're going to start threatening to crack planets and so she's like well I can't let that happen but if she only has the mortality to reach say one planet how does this play out you know what I mean like the story mm-hmm. of this does she go to them warn them and then they military up and fucking blow them up you know what I mean like that is where I this is I I hate to be such a I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer I promise the story is very challenging and I'm trying to figure out how to wrap it up kind of like not put like a bow on it, but ultimately these people are going to catch up with her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what they get fucking blown up. They get wiped out. You know, the military gets destroyed. Mm. That's, that's the problem that I keep struggling with, with this renegade thing. Maybe she doesn't, maybe she doesn't find like a, like a culture. Maybe the, maybe the ending of the story is, she blows, she doesn't have, they don't military up because she doesn't find a planet that has like a military, that has like a, like life. But she knows to find a planet that does not support like human life. And so she basically like, they're chasing her. So she, she chased, she has them chased onto like a world where every plant is like a Venus fly, or is like Audrey too and will eat you. Okay. And she basically like, rambos rambos this military brigade and so like she basically like ensures that the military is taken out by her own cunning and is basically like up against kind of like after earth where like all of the plants are trained to kill people okay and she has to like she's like look if you're gonna chase me if you're gonna chase me with a planet cracker i'm not gonna let you get to the four worlds that have beautiful peaceful societies i'm gonna take you to planet i'm gonna take you to planet fuck shit (laughs) Where you get, like, eaten by lava. Where you get, like, eaten by sentient lava. Can I give you a pitch that is a yes. lot of these things in one? Yes. Krizna leaves Planet Pit Stop, steals the technology, puts it in her ship in a small cruiser, you mm-hmm. know, all of it. Like, takes everything she can. It's like, say it's, like, three crystal pillars, right? These small little chunks. And when you put your hand on them, you get better understanding. But with everyone else but her... You have to keep your hand on it to have that understanding, right? Mm-hmm. But her, it's like with her permanently. She steals these things. She steals these ancient tech, takes her cruiser, flies away, jumps to light speed. Mm-hmm. My initial thought is that they cannot chase her because they don't know where she is because they can't kind of tap into that understanding and find her. 
Okay, I like and that. And she maroons herself so that no one can have this technology, so that they can't find her. Yeah, okay, I, I like that. Does she land on a solitary planet? And because I just watched The Last Jedi, in this level of understanding, in this level of psionic power, does she truly sit on this planet and sort of, not to steal, but I think it's a really good idea, astral projects herself onto other planets so that she can study them? <laughs> well, uh, no, I think I love all of that, but what if, like, instead of astral projecting, she just, like, wanders this solitary world? And Because you had said, like, you had talked about what she wanted. Yeah, because it's been driving me crazy. I love the idea that what she wants is just to, like, watch a butterfly and, like, just follow it, see where it goes, ask herself if it's a pigeon, just, like, look around, just see where, just see where she's going. And so, like, she maroons herself on this planet with this technology, and she's like, nobody will ever find me. I'm gonna be by myself for the rest of my days. I can live with that. And she just, like, follows a butterfly for a while. And this butterfly lives for 47 years, and she <laughs> follows the one. same butterfly this for 47 one. years. Because my thought with this whole thing is, like, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm racking my brain, I'm beating myself up about this sci-fi story, and I'm like, she doesn't have to get what she wants. Because she doesn't. She doesn't really. Like, her dream was to, like, travel the cosmos as a biologist. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they told her, like, we're going to put you in cryo, and when you wake up, you're going to be on a new world every single time that you wake up. And it's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that is my... Let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about the promises made. Because now that we yeah. know how this ends, where it's this a story of a lone scientist on a planet with, you know, a human with life... One butterfly. With one butterfly, an infinite understanding of the universe, but her ship won't take off anymore. Like, she used all of its gas... And now she's on this planet by herself, you know, as far as she knows, with like this butterfly in this solitary life of biological study. What was her life before this? Because I'm thinking that it was just one of hope and dreams and someone who wanted so much. I'm th- I, I, to take from our conversation is thought her entire life has been told, like, what do you want to do? You know, this. her planet was full of possibility. Her planet was full of technological advancements where they could travel the stars. And she's like, I want to be a part of that. Like, I dream of understanding everything that's out there and seeing it with my own eyes. And now, like, she can sort of see it with her own eyes. Like, she has an understanding of what's out there and she can feel the universe teeming with life. I think of it as like if her mind was like a web that stretched out and like as it went over like a planet, she can feel that there's something there, but you can't quite see it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like she's part of a greater network of consciousness now. It's not something you can see, but it's something that you know is there. So she knows that like, there's life out there and her goals are real and that there is life and that there's something, there's a heartbeat out there. But unfortunately, she'll never be able to study anything beyond where she is right now. Right. I think there's, there is a happy consolation there that like she'll never, because like you would also said like her mortal life, she's realistically never going to get to see more than one or two planets anyway. Yes. So like, I think as she kind of grows older and like studies this studies every bit of this ma- of the plant like this world that she's landed on by herself she eventually like i think i think with age comes to the realization of like i could have been a tourist i could have like 
stopped off on a world for a week, seen it gone, whoa, and then left. But, like, I got to, like, really understand this place that no, that, like, no sapient being has ever, like, seen before. Like, I got to see a place that, like, no, like, I got to be the only person that will, like, at least in my lifetime, at least for generations, like, see all of this. I got to be the only person to really know this. I have knowledge of all of these life forms that no one will ever have. And, like, I can't do a lot with that. But, like, at least... I, I could have seen a million things, but I, w- but I got to understand one thing, and that might be better. Like, she understands this better. Like, this world she intimately is a right. part of, and it's beautiful. She understands the cosmos. She just can't see it, and she can't touch it like this, like, you know, like this world. It's just for, yeah. it's just hers. And she got to, she got to know something and touch something. And, like, would she have even gotten to do that had she, had, had that, had the lies she had been told been true, would she have even gotten to, like know something as real as truly as she has this this planet i love that i love that this is like you know you think you want one thing and then when you get something you're like you know what what i wanted was unreasonable and it wasn't realistic and what i have is amazing yeah it's realizing that it's realizing that what you actually wanted was something different than what you thought you wanted when you were young I like, okay, this is actually turning out to be, like, a really lovely tale of, like, perception, because someone who has the infinite understanding of the universe and this gigantic scope and all these worlds, her world is actually what's right in front of her. It's Mm -hmm. not this web and this elevated form of consciousness that doesn't do you much good if you can't touch it, if you can't see it, if you can't taste the pear or the space pear that you pick off the tree. That understanding only gets you so far. It's not as special and it's not as magical as that space cat that you can pet that's in your lap. And that's what's important. And that's what's like worth studying is something that's important to you and something that's, you know, intimate. It's not as, it's not as precious as counting the flaps of the wing of a 44 year old butterfly (laughs) that has just been flying in a circle for the last two years. Can I put some? Why is it flying in a circle, Aaron? Why is it just flying in a circle, Aaron? It's I don't know. It's not <laughs> something I can understand, Jeff. I'm not Kresna Drex. It's just I'm obsessed with the idea of this weird butterfly <laughs> that just flies around for centuries. Does it just circle her forever? <laughs> yeah, it just flies in a circle around her. <laughs> She's like, "Why are you following?" Okay, eventually she stops noticing it and just starts thinking of it as her friend. Yep. So can I give you a perfect little, uh, not a bow, because I do want to roll on a table if that's possible. Sure. So my perfect bow for this is to tie this all up as the story of someone who, like, you know, wants something grand and has these goals and ideals of, like, I can reach every alien people. If if these mil- And then when she learns, I think, the military operation, she's like, I, I have the skills. I'm a biologist. I can go to these planets with my understanding and warn them. But I think, unfortunately, the harsh reality of her mortality kicks in. And she's like, I can't. I just have to take this and make sure that no one ever gets that. Like, the military can't get their hands on it. Like, they won't be able to leave and find another planet if I take all this tech. So she makes mm-hmm. kind of that sacrifice of, like, I'm just going to take this with me, you know, and unfortunately mm-hmm. live, like, a solitary life. So when they landed on planet Pitstop, initially, the military, you know, mm-hmm. she comes out of yep. cryo. Uh, Commander Commander Higgins Commander Higgins is like, uh, we found it. You know, we found what we were looking for in these little crystal, tiny crystal pillars. I'm thinking that it looks like something you would pick up in, like, a gift shop and, yep. like, a quartz store. 
Um, and, you know, they're, they're discovering them. They take her out of cryo. And they're like, what do you think? And she's like, well, what I find more troubling is the single solitary, like she's dusting, 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 you know, they're digging, they're doing archaeological mm-hmm, dig. Mm-hmm. And what she finds is that there was a single solitary person on planet Pitstop who was in charge of these, who was almost mm-hmm. left behind in terms of taking care of them, making sure that these stayed. So I think that it's this this whole technology and this greater understanding has been, this isn't the first time this has happened where one person takes it and has in charge of the pillars of consciousness. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. p- and Planet Pit Stop was a pit stop in someone else's story where they marooned themselves and were like, I'm in charge of this. This is too much okay. for an entire people to have. And so she takes it on her own and brings it somewhere else. And the story continues of these this greater understanding. Can I also add a bow to this? Oh, of course. Um, so she lives her life. She lives her whole life. She lives this solitary life. And it's it's not a sad life. It's a it's a pretty happy life. She's yeah. doing the thing that she wanted to do in a way that she didn't wasn't what she thought she'd be doing, but she realized it's what she really wanted to be doing. But being a social creature, being you know, talks to the ship or talks to herself. She records a lot of like di- like audio diaries, right? Oh yeah. Oh. And she just kind of like and she's talking, but what she doesn't realize is that like when she crash landed the ship, there was a bug and it caused that to be broadcasted out. Ooh. And years, you know, sound doesn't travel fast. Like signals don't travel fast, even with like faster than light technology. So years, years after she died, maybe like centuries or decades after she died, this child of doomed worlds left alone by choice, by necessity. A lifetime of experience sharing all of the majesty and beauty of this quiet, isolated world. A world which no one will ever find, which no one will ever see, which we will only ever experience through her words. Tonight, we share with you the diary of Crescent Drex. My name is Trans Halford. Stop it. And this is Going Galactic. That's so good. But first, I need to talk to you about Space Apron. <laughs> I love that there's a diary of her experience and her studies. So she truly got, she got what she, in, in the way that like an, a famous artist is, you know, they never sometimes get the after their death. Yes. Her studies of the pillars of consciousness and what she saw and the feelings that she had when she was tapped into them and as well as this planet and this butterfly, you know, it's a lot of butterfly, very little pillars of consciousness, mm-hmm. the diary of Kresna Drex. But it is, I think, what and no one. I, do can anyone find the planet by tracing? Patrick I don't think Sigmund? so. I don't, I don't think, think she so. gave any like coordinates or anything. And some people think it's like War of the Worlds. Like some people mm-hmm. think it's like an audio drama. And some people, I think, become space treasure hunters in search of the crystal, the crystals of uh, what were they called? The pillars of consciousness. You mm-hmm. know, I think it becomes like the fountain of youth myth. Yeah, where it it launches, you know, countless searches. It inspire it it inspires a generation of treasure hunters. It inspires a culture of biologists to like, you know, stop thinking that you have to reach for the stars as a researcher. Like, you know, really 
sometimes take a step back and you don't have to leave your planet to have an understanding of everything. You can look as far as a butterfly that circles around your face to really tap into something. So although she didn't get what she wanted, I think she inspires a lot of people in a lot of different ways because she didn't get what she wanted exactly, but what she got it was so what she finally got was so much richer than what she mm-hmm. wanted, I think. She won, became like, she found like a mythical artifact of space. And two, mm-hmm. she got to be a legendary biologist. Yep. Oh, that's very good, Jeff. Can, is there time? Can, do we have any tables? Does that game have tables? Uh, not really. We but can D&D it. See if we have other tables. Mm. Uh, we're going to roll on the psychic background, which is from the D&D wiki. Um, give me a D8 for a personality trait. You got it. Give me a half hour. Why can't I still not do this? What is happening to me? Oh, my God. There's so many dice in this fucking bag now. All right, got it. Nope, that's a D10. It's the diamond one, right? It's the diamond one. Oh, but it's... Anyway. One. One. My powers are growing day by day, and with each day, I feel more at peace with them. Okay. So her psychic powers are growing every single day, and I think she's eventually able to see things like i think she's able to finally like kind of pay a visit to a planet mm-hmm. but she dies before a fully like formed trip is be able to be planned like it, i kind of think that's what i think grounds her and like she dreams in other worlds you know she mm-hmm. goes to bed she sees planet sacrale and their gaseous environment but when she wakes up she's just like i got the smallest taste I think that's when she realizes what's important is what's tangible and what's right in front of her face, not like yeah, absolutely, not literally daydreaming about worlds that she'll never live to see. Yeah, I love that. Give me a d6 for an ideal. Animal d6. Six eagle. Hmm. <laughs> no, this works. It's it's rough, but it works. Okay. Loneliness. No one would listen. No one cared. So why should I? Why should I why should I miss a world? Why should I miss a world that was going to like hurt people? Oh, Jeff, this 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 woman has a greater understanding of the cosmos. She sees beyond the necess- necessity for like things like violence, even exploration, where she's like it's about life and appreciating life. Yeah, she's like why would I why would I mi- why would I miss why would I miss the world that I left behind knowing what happened to it? Yeah. And what they were going what they were going to what they were going to build from its ashes, why would I why would I look back and miss that? I think someone with the understanding of something so great would care more about smaller details in the cosmos. Yeah. Like would understand the preciousness of something as small as we keep coming back to it, like a butterfly. And that's where it's like, why would I even care about things like that when there's beauty in front of me right now that is unrivaled? Yep. I like that she's becoming some sort of like silver surfer type being. Give me a D6 for a bond. One horse. I knew someone who had the same powers as me. Guess what? They're dead. So yeah, she it's a, it's what you said. She absolutely knew that there was somebody that did this oh. before. And maybe maybe that's the moment that she realizes she has to leave. If she finds like an audio diary or like a psychic diary that's like if they find me, they will use this technology to blow up another world and she's like, "Oh, I didn't realize what that was capable of. I have to leave. Yeah, she finds herself being something bigger, being a part of something bigger than herself. She's like, I'm now like the herald of these pillars of consciousness. Like, 
you know, I understand now what I'm a part of, and I have to take this. This, yep. this researcher is fucking dope all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Give me a D6 for a flaw. Three frog. My powers sometimes activate by themselves. Oops. Just like that. So sometimes she's just, I think she dream. I think she dreams of other worlds, right? Yeah, of course. She just like her brain goes to other places and she just finds herself in other, other, other times and other, other planets. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, okay. She sees it. And, you know, I think part of her, you know, of course, if, God, if I did this, a part of me would be like, God, I wish, but that's not in the cards. If I had a, this understanding of the universe, you know, she understands her own mortality, but I think not to make her like some kind of God being of like, I understand everything, but I think there would still be a very human part of her that sees these things and it hurts every time to be like, you know, that's not my life. That's mm-hmm. not how the cards fell. This is the hand that I was dealt and I'm happy with it, but it still doesn't sting every time I wake up in a market somewhere on some world that I barely can comprehend the colors that I can't even identify. The smells are unreal. And I wake up and I'm back in my little bungalow, you know, with my butterfly. It is often really disorienting and kind of scary sometimes Mm -hmm. with one exception. And this is my closing note. One time she woke up or she was she woke up in a dream and she was on a foreign planet. She was trying to find there's people everywhere, right? People and machines and like society everywhere. And she's stumbling and she walks into a coffee shop and there's like a 26 year old woman that's like, are you traveling too? What? Yeah, I, I do that sometimes. It happens. It happens. Let me pour you a coffee. Stop My name's it. Amy. Oh, Jeff. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, well, that was surprisingly pleasant. Jeff, that is so good. And that's a wrap. Yeah, that is a wrap. On Kresna Drex. On Kresna Drex and the Pillars of Consciousness. My God. What Good episode. That is. We got there. And I'm very, I'm very, you slayed. You killed it. And I'm very, uh, this is a good one. Thank you so much, Tess, at uh, RPG Casts. That was good. That was a good prompt. Holy shit. That was a great prompt. And if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, and please do, do not hesitate. Um, so we can keep building these really cool tales and populating our worlds one person at a time, there are so many ways that you can submit them. You can uh, tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. You can also go to allmyfantasychildren.com and use the content submission form. Yeah. If while you're there, be sure to check out our wiki page and contribute if you'd like. And also be sure to check out our Patreon page. Uh, Patreon backers get access to audio extras, behind-the-scenes exclusive called All My Fantasy Secrets, and early episode access. And it's a great way to support our project and help us do bigger and cooler things. Speaking of cool things, Jeff has another podcast. Uh, I sure do. Uh, Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with friends, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and have a really good time. Episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. And speaking of cool things, uh, if you like your games of the video variety, Aaron has a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mounthollyhero. And also, something fucking dope that I forget to keep telling everybody is, we have a live show! Oh yeah, we're gonna be part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival on June 23rd. 
Uh, Aaron, do you have the time? Is it noon? I do. It is at noon at Amalgam Comics and Coffee. Uh, it's going to be very good. You should come out. It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it costs a whole zero dollars, so be sure to be there. It is, in fact, free. And we'll have a great uh, we'll have a great time making a character with you. And while you're hanging out in Philadelphia, you should hang around uh, for Sunday night. Yep. Party of One will be having a live show at Red Caps, uh, Red Caps Corner in West Philadelphia. We'll be on Sunday at 7 p.m., so it'll be a Sunday evening show. It'll be fun. It's going to be a really good show. You should also come out to that. Hell yeah, you should. Verbal hug this week? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, just about Crescent Drex, pretty much. So we talk a lot about, like, looking around you and lately, like, in this show, and kind of like our last episode, The Road Trip, was about looking around and pulling from the things that you feel, you see, you experience, your life. It's important to remember that sometimes you're not getting exactly what you want. You know, life isn't always the outcome that you expected, and that's okay. It's full of, unfortunately, life is full of disappointments. But if you see those disappointments as opportunities to grow and expand and kind of work around what you think you wanted and really grow into something new, those opportunities are really there. You know, because, I don't know, the only way I can put it is, in my life, I'm not exactly where I thought I'd be at, like, 25. And I was 25, I was like, by 30, I'll be conquering the world of Broadway and winning a Tony Award. Like, you know, my, my life hasn't gone exactly the way I had thought, but it's so much more wonderful than I ever could have imagined it with the projects that I'm now a part of and the life that I'm living and the city I live in and the friends that I have and things that I make. So... If things aren't going the way you planned, and that's common, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel down. Consider these, what are perceived as like, you know, failures and shortcomings as like real lessons about appreciating what you have and taking those lemons and honestly making lemonade. Not, it doesn't have to be making a podcast. It can just be anything. It's it's just understanding that this feeling is everyone has it. No one is you know, feeling like they slayed the game and they have everything they want because you can never have everything you want and that's okay. There's always new stuff out there to experience, to learn about, and that's what makes, you know, like the story of Krasna Drex so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of my verbal hug is just feel good about where you're at. Enjoy the ride. I like that a lot. That's a good verbal hug. Cool. I did it. And I think that's a wrap. I think that is a wrap. Until next time, good, good night, night and, and good, good game. game.